This is Ken Williams of Unfold the Soul. Welcome you to the Status Grow Podcast. Let me tell you, this is going to be real talk focused on disrupting the status quo, baby. So, are you ready? Get set and let's grow with your hosts, Paul O'Neill and Corey Radish. All right, welcome to the first ever Status Grow Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Corey Radish, and I can't tell you how excited we are uh, to be here today, January 21st, 2021, uh, and bring you the Status Grow Podcast. This is something that has been in the works for some time with my co-host, who I'll introduce in a second. Uh, we have been batting this idea around, and uh, we're now excited that it's finally here, and uh, sharing a little bit of that journey for you guys. Here's my unbelievable co-host, Mr. Paul O'Neill. Corey, thank you so much for the lead, and I'm so proud to undertake this this podcast with you. It's been a long journey. It's been a long time coming. The, the idea started in, in 2020, and then 2020 was the, the year that was, and, and 2020 has certainly been the year that has been so far. You know, there's been no short of excitement, that's for sure. Um, I am a very fortunate supervisor of instruction on the Jersey Shore from Lacey Township. Very excited to undertake this podcast with Corey, talking about not only the status quo, but talking about how we can use the status quo and learn lessons on how we can turn status quo into status grow. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we're going to talk a little bit in a second about how we came up with that name. Um, but it is, I, I'm currently, I work for the New Jersey Department of Education. Although when I am on the Status Grow podcast, I do not represent the New Jersey DOE. I just need to share that. Um, but we we are going to have guests. We're going to have a real good collection of content that will look at battling the status quo, not just in education, but beyond. And, uh, you know, Paul and I have known each other for, oh, it's got to be over five years now. Uh, we started, we met at Ed Camps, and, you know, we're the two nerds that uh, saw each other at every Ed Camp, like go on a Saturday and then the next Saturday you see the same dude at the ed camp and you're like, all right, there's someone else like me. Uh, and then we connected and, you know, our friendship has grown ever since he's been there for me every step of the way uh, over the past six years. But the way that we came to the name was um, kind of just how Paul and I are going to bring this show to you. We we vox uh, multiple times a day. I think sometimes we talk to each other more than we talk to our wives. Um and you know we when the idea of the show came about i started to think about you know how can we how can we title the show that will uh do something to buck the status quo like what can i come up with and i came up with something and it was it wasn't very good and then paul just sent a text over voxer and said dude what about status grow and I was just blown away. And I think the, the response that we're getting so far, uh, if you're following us on Twitter uh, with the name and um, and the new logo that my daughter uh, created, um, it's it's been really inspirational to see uh, the reaction we've been getting so far, Paul. A couple things, Corey. So <clears throat> first and foremost, I appreciate every step of the way in the journey. You allow me to witness the the 
trials and tribulations and growth processes in, in your journey and then also being there for me because equally folks Corey has been there through a lot of growth moments for me the other piece i wanted to add is i've been an educator for 21 years and i have been blessed to work in four different school districts so by no means do the stories and opinions and, and such are any reflection of the current school district that I work for. Um, they, they are just a, a summarization, so to speak, of experiences. And, and let's face it, we're using these moments to grow. You know, we're going to have very honest conversation. It's not going to be bobblehead night at the stadium where we all agree and, and all three guests agree. There's going to be times where I say something that Corey doesn't quite agree with, so he's going to push back. There might be something that, that he says that I'll push back with or that maybe we have a guest sometimes it's going to be just Corey and i and other times we'll be bringing in guests so we're definitely looking forward to bringing in our first guest for episode one coming up in a few minutes yeah it's a great point and i think that we we what makes our relationship work is the pushback and it's done in a respectful uh fashion it's done um you know with understanding um and and it helps us grow so if Paul is, is trying out something or he has an idea and I say, you know, Paul, I, I just don't think that's going to work. He doesn't get, you know, hey, Corey, I can't, you know, I'm done with you. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. He, he keeps digging. And that's that's kind of what we need to do to, um, you know, break that status quo. And, you know, speaking of of that, you know, being January 21st, um, you know, we we inaugurated a new president yesterday and, you know, hopefully our country uh, can unite around our next leader and you know you think of the status quo paul you know it, you know watching a lot of you know a lot of the nonsense obviously and we're not going to make this political but there was one line that they continue to use no matter who the pre incoming president is is transfer of power and i i don't know i'm just i'm a word dude so like that just bothers me that transfer of power that's it's transfer of leadership right you know, in a democracy, the people are the power. And so when we when we launch that that title, it's just something, you know, for me that, um, you know, it could be semantics, but, you know, just how I feel. So what are your thoughts? No, it's all great points, Corey. And on this, I agree 100 percent, you know, and not only wishing our incoming president luck, because uh, whoever was going to continue these next four years, you know, has had a lot of work to do, you know, but by no means were we you know, a finished product, you never arrive. I, I think with growth, you, it's, it's not a destination, it's a journey, you know. So we certainly wish the, the Biden administration coming in, uh, good luck. But also in addition, you know, he's got cabinet members that directly affect us, you know, in the Department of Education. And then in addition, for our state, you know, we, we have a new acting commissioner for the, uh, the, the Department of Education. And, you know, we wish her luck as well, because, uh, again, lots of work to do. Uh, lots of questions, lots of uh, process that need to be examined and evaluated and asking ourselves questions. Are we doing things the best way we possibly can for kids and staff and families in the school community? Or are we just doing what's comfortable? Are we just doing something because it's the way we've always done it? Yeah, that's a great point. I, uh, I just watched a, um, a webinar the other day where they talked about, you know, the same old system can't continue uh and somebody uh who knows about you know dismantling current systems um is waiting in the wings so paul why don't you take the honors of introducing the first ever guest on the status grow podcast oh my goodness i've had a chance to meet this person live and in the flesh and i'm going to tell you his energy fills up the room you can tell he has 
a patient, a passion and a patience, but he has a passion for the work that he does. And when we talked about the guest for our first episode and we talked about growth, this is a person that unanimously came to mind for us. You know, when the name was suggested, we, we both had a big smile on our faces and we were like, this is the guy. This is the guy we need to do history with. So, Corey, without further ado, let's welcome in the one and only Dr. Basil Marin. Good morning, fellas. Afternoon now. <laughs> yeah, after, good afternoon, sir. Doctor, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just as I uh, was listening to you all in the background, um, you know, first, thank you for allowing me to be the first guest on the the, uh, the Status Growth or Growth Podcast. I'm, I'm just so fun, so honored to be um, the first one. But as I was listening to you all, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I need that mailed for me so I can put it on my wall, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I was listening to you all, and I was just thinking about what this week signifies um, and how um, what it means for each person and what it means for schools and what it means for our, our nation. And really, like you said, I was really chewing on this, the, the transfer of power, right? Um, I know we're going to talk about a, a word I use a lot when I speak about equity, which is access, but I believe that also speaks to transfer of power, withholding of power, um, and not making people knowledgeable of what's out there for them to be able to continue their own growth, um, especially for our, our scholars, for teachers, um, for, for our leaders. And so definitely I've been marinating over here and I'm excited about what we're going to discuss today because both of you all have been incredible um, thought leaders in the field, but also for me, it's pushing me and I always say Iron Shoppers Iron. So I'm excited for this podcast today. Yeah, and we're excited to have you. And, and like Paul said, uh, you know, we saw that we saw this tweet on uh, the crazy PLN Twitter chat, and um, I, you know, I just reached out to Paul and I said, I, I think Basil has to be our first guest. I mean, it, it aligns with everything, and just following your your career on Twitter, uh, making some connections recently, and you know, for the people out there, this is the first time we're ever actually live together, and that's the beauty of uh, social media is that we could connect and support one another so uh and i'm just going to pop it up on the screen and show people the tweet uh and here we go we're gonna do it in halves is you know as i basil said i always say that being silent is not an option and for those who choose to stay silent your silence speaks volumes right now more than ever we need to speak up speak out against privilege discrimination and status quo mindsets and what sticks out to me is the silent speaks volumes. So Basil, how do how do we go about speaking up and speaking out? Like what are some of the things that you're doing to speak up and speak out? And then how do we get others to find your voice? Absolutely. So so thanks for um I had to reread it, even though I wrote it. <laughs> I had to reread it and say, wow, what what was I thinking when I wrote that? Um and just kind of, you know, sticking to like you said the first part, um Whenever I speak, I always say silence speaks volumes. Um, and, you know, whether you're an assistant principal, building leader, teacher, sometimes there are things that are happening within your building, within the world. And when you don't speak up about it, your silence is still saying a lot. Um, students are watching you. Parents are watching you. Other leaders are watching you. And so we, we have to we have to take a stand. And, and, and really be saying, are we condoning what's happening? Do we agree with what's happening? But you have to pick a side. And someone I, I really admire who um, really kind of helped me to reframe what that means is uh, Dr. Matt, Matthew Joseph. 
and he was uh, one of my good friends in this work. And he called me um, right around George Floyd's death, and he had been to one of the last sessions I had did in person um, within ASCD, um, and I presented with uh, Dr. Shante Garrett and Jason um, Flum, and we did a, a session on equity. And he said, Basil, one of the last things you said was, um, we have to take action, and silence is not an option. And he said, I want to not be silent. So I want to put on some uh, several series of webinars. I want to do some. I want to do some podcasts. I want to do some Twitter chats around this. But I need your help. And so what I'll say, Corey and Paul, that's the first thing is you have to tap into your community and tap into your PLN. Uh, Matthew Joseph is an immaculate leader. I mean, he is he's in central office. He has his doctorate. But even with someone with that many accolades, to be able to humble yourself and say, I'm going to call someone to be vulnerable and say, Hey, I need help. Right. Even though I should have all these resources, this is the area I'm struggling in. That's the first step is just saying, hey, I need you. How can I support you? Right. Um, but also finding people who will who will give you the real that you can call someone that can give you, like you said earlier, Paul, think fluffy and just kind of say what you want to hear. But who's going to give you the real and really push you and say, well, well, Matt, where are you at? Or, or Paul or Corey or whoever, where are you at in the spectrum? And the reason I say spectrum is because equity is a spectrum. There are some people who are just starting the journey, uh, who, who have just started the journey, maybe during this time frame, during the pandemic. Um, you know, their school's doing a book study and maybe they're they're looking at white fragility or why all, all the black kids sitting in the same area in the cafeteria. A lot of different good books out here, but that's their first kind of take on it, right? And they're trying to grapple with what's going on. And there's some people who are ready, who are ready to go to war for it, right? But so, but where are you in the spectrum? I think you have to have some of that self-reflection on where am I at? Um, and then where, where am I at? And then where do I want to go with it? All right. And then be able to do some of that own, you know, self, I would say self professional development, because you have to, it's a journey that you have to go on on yourself. Right. And, and, but have a team with you, but you have to be, allow yourself to say, I want to go on this journey. Um, one of the last things I'll say, I, I know maybe you all have a comment is there's a reason why lifetime, <laughs> the, 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 the channel of lifetime is so, um, I would say, has, has a good following is because when you watch a lifetime movie you go through all the emotions in a lifetime movie right you're you, you've been happy starting off and you might get a little sad and then you might might shed a tear uh and then you may, it might bring it around back to oh you're happy or maybe some kind of cancer and something happened but it depends on how the movie will leave you feeling but the reason that is so powerful is because it made you have emotion but the thing about it is Corey and paul is that after that movie is done anybody can get up and took it off and say okay whew, or start my day. I'm good. <laughs> that, that was it. Took me through, but I can turn it off. The thing is, is as I, if I walk into Walmart, I walk into Target, I walk into Whole Foods, I can't turn my blackness off. I can't say I really want to be a white woman today. I can't say I'm I'm a six foot five, two fifty black man. You, like you can't miss me, right? And so just off of my stature and who I am, that incites fear in some people. Just off of that. Right. And so how do you have these dialogues? How do you have people to do some self-reflection and saying that, hey, we are all in this together. And maybe because of my limitations, because I haven't seen things the way other people see it, I have continued the, the systems of oppression. Right. I haven't checked my own implicit biases. I haven't checked how I see and how maybe in my own classroom, there's some there's some there's some racist things that are going on that I'm allowing to continue to happen or I'm perpetuating. Right. Um, but I would say, again, calling a friend, um, asking about PLN and then starting that journey for how can I do better and how can I disrupt the status quo? That is a the theme of our of our of our podcast. Eh? But disrupting takes work. 
right? If you're tearing up a wall, if you're tearing up cement, it's not an easy task. <laughs> if you can find someone who could do it easy, let me know. <laughs> but it takes work. It takes work. And in order to be a disruptor, you have to be intentional. Goodness gracious, folks, if you're listening or you're watching, can you see why? Can you see why Basil was the first guest? I mean, we're talking truth, bombs, no hesitation. You know, th this is someone who walks his talk, believes in this work, and is really leading us to, to some great questions and, and wonderings. And, and I have one. I want to bring this conversation back. I, I know I'm going to need to listen to the podcast, like at least that last five minutes, like five or six times to really truly digest it all. But I want to bring something back because you've got my wheels spinning. So what do you say to the person that's not like us? And what I mean like us is, is we're, we're, we're Twitter junkies. You know what I mean? We're social media junkies. I'm not, I'm not on any other social media, but, but I'm a Twitter junkie. And right. th there is strength in my professional learning network, no doubt. And that's the reason why I went there first, because I was wondering, are there other crazy folks out there like me, or am I the only person that thinks this way? And I said, it can't be. Can't be. So I've, I've got to go and seek that out. And that's how I met Corey. You know, Corey talked about in the beginning how, you know, seeing him at Ed Camp number one, then number two, then number three. And eventually it was like, uh, we got to talk to each other a little bit and <laughs> you know, see what keeps bringing us back to the scene, you know, right. so to speak. But right. when I ask you this, you've covered the global level, but I think there's a level we have to examine a little bit, and that's the local level. So mm -hmm. what would you say to somebody who is either reluctant or resistant? to get on social media because they're worried about it, they're afraid about it, they have concerns and they wanna make change, but they're also not confident in, let's say their, their leadership, you know, mm -hmm. and they're worried, they have a fear of retribution. They think if I speak out about something, you know, how will that be held against me? Will that be held against me? What will people think? Mm -hmm. What would you say to that, to those people, Basil? Wow, Paul, that's a, that's a deep question. That, that's a book right there. <laughs> Um, my goodness. So how I would, how I would attempt to tackle that is, you know, change, you, you can't change in your comfort zone, right? Change is right on the outside. I don't know if you've all seen the graph where it's a circle and it's like two steps outside of the circle is where change happens. But we are as creatures, we are, um, people who, who wanted to stay comfortable, stay safe. Right. And I would say, when you look into that work of equity, it is it, not a safe game. Right. And, and and I will say, because people have played it safe for so long, that's exactly why we're in the predicament that we're in. Right. And and we, we're in a system where we want to play it safe, but we want students to take risk and believe in us. We want students to believe in what I'm teaching. We want students to know that you can do better. But as a teacher, administrator, superintendent, you're playing it safe. That doesn't even make sense. And kids can sniff out when... I always say real recognize real. One of my favorite rappers is Drake. And he always says real recognize real. And the thing is, is that's it's the truth. Kids to sniff out if you're being genuine. If you went to a PD and they said, okay, you got to tell kids on Monday that you got to give high fives that, you know, I care about you. Kid will walk the door and be like, yeah, you never did that. Why are you, you know, <laughs> why are you trying to do that today? Or or a, a better one, yeah, I love this one. As an administrator, I walk into the room, do observation, and the teacher's trying something new. And the kids will be like, Miss so was like, you ain't never, you ain't never did this. Dr. Marines are here now, and now you want to switch up. Like the kids will tell on you, right? <laughs> so the thing is, is you have to always, you know, be willing to, to go outside the comfort zone. But to your point about someone on Twitter, I would say again, there, there are a lot of there are a lot of um 
my my good friend Dr. Tr uh, Tracy Smith says that you know sometimes the chats can be exhausting sometimes, and that that is true. There, there's a million ch chats out there. Everyone's trying to you know, support everybody, so you go into them. But sometimes they they can be surface level. I'm I'm just gonna be real with y'all, brothers. And so I would say maybe start in a chat, but then like you said, Paul, you know you you record in the same vicinity. Y'all were looking at some of the same stuff, and then it took you to have a step of courage to say, "Let me hit my man up and just see what's up." Right. And when you made that connection, that was immediately a connection of two are better than one. And Core could have said, nah, my brother, I'm on my own thing, man. To keep, you know, get seen here, but keep doing you. And that would have been that. That would have been that. I tried, but, but he kept begging me. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, Core. Now, it was like um, the, the movie Forrest Gump, you know, where it was like seats taken, seats taken. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't get there. It was a few head camps before Corey finally oh. let me in. Oh my God! <laughs> but luckily, listen, y'all, y'all made a partnership, a brotherhood, a friendship, and look where y'all are now. You're starting a podcast, talking about topics that let's be. I got to come into the camera. Let's be clear: a lot of people are not trying to talk about. They want to skate around it, walk on eggshells. But this is the work right here. This is so. Back to your point, Paul. So contact your friend, reach out to your your person. It might even be a supervisor or, or someone else that, that's doing the work and say, "Hey, I have some questions." And I would say that just like students know when people are genuine, educators also know when you're genuine. So if you're coming, to, so speak about me. If you're coming to me and saying, Basil, I have questions about equity. Can I pick your brain? Can we set up a, a Zoom? People do it all the time. I can I can tell you in the first two or three minutes of questioning whether they're genuine or not, right? And that also will dictate how I carry the conversation, right? If I feel like you're being a little shady, then I'm, I'm going to kind of tell you what I need to, what you need to know, but I'm not going to give you the real Basil because you're not being real with me. Right. So the thing is, you have to you have to know tap into your PLN. Then I would say you need to be listening to podcasts like this that are stretching your thinking, stretching your 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 capacity on how you look at things. Right. Because that that's the important part. And then, again, a lot of the work, Paul and Corey, you have to do internally on your own. After you've done the one on one or you go to the, the ad camp or you're going to the podcast, you have to self-reflect. Right. Um, I, you know, have that have that a long time and say, where am I at? What what am I doing? Right. And then what is a stand what what am I gonna do to take a stand on this? Right. Um, you know, I, I did a PD once um for my for my teachers at my former school where I was having like a spades tournament, right? Um yes, yeah, a spades tournament, and there was eight different tables. And um the winner of the table kind of had to move counterclockwise around the room. But one of the main things, Paul and Corey, in the game was that you couldn't talk. So people are playing and they're playing space how they know how to play it. And after 30 minutes, I mean, these are these are department chairs, other leaders in the school. I had people, that, I'm being real, brothers. People were cursing, people were throwing chairs. Like, what is this? Like, you don't know how to play space. And people, you know, if you know, if you really know about space, space can get a little, little competitive, right? So people are getting upset. And I'm like, you cannot, you cannot talk, right? So at the end, I started to do like a debrief about how people felt about the game and people are like that was the most terrible game pd you know doctor what are you doing like this is not a fair and i'm like I, and somebody said oh each table had its own set of rules so when i moved to another table it was another set of rules and so you left from your norm to go somewhere else where you didn't know what was going on right and that was just 30 minutes you all of doing that game and so I said, the reason I want you all to go through this, leaders, is because we have kids who are Esau, 
special ed, at risk, and there's so many different levels of at risk we can go into that go into each different classroom each day where there's a different set of rules, different norms, different expectations. And I have to go through a eight, seven hour day as a student and be able to navigate all of that every single day. Yeah, you, I mean, you make some incredible points and uh, even all the way back to the kids being the best BS detectors in the world, right? They, they know when it's BS and it's just, it's just flying out of their mouths and it's, it's not meaningful. Right. Um, and the other thing I think that you said that was really powerful was, you know, self-reflection and coming to grips with, with where you are and who you are. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I've shared this story with Paul before that I was a, I was a principal at a middle school that was a, a pretty homogenous school. It was uh, almost all white. And we were in D.C. for the eighth grade trip. And uh, one of our venues got canceled. So we wound up going to the African-American Civil War Museum. And the curator, I believe his first name is Harry, H-A-R-I, if you, if you ever Google the, the speech that he gives. And I sat there, and when he asked the students, what do you know about Abe Lincoln? Of course, they said Emancipation Proclamation. He said, what do you know about his views on race and the races? And nobody said a word, including all the adults that were, that were there. And I sat in that chair, and that was a moment that I realized there needed to be more done to dismantle the status quo, um, to find out, um, you know, some of that information, you know, and I don't want to take up the whole podcast on that, but, you know, Lincoln is, is on record as saying, if, if not freeing the slaves would win me the war, then I would do that. Um, and that is not in, you know, really got me, and this is the conversation we had the other day, is not once in my k-12 schooling did i ever hear that or learn that Neither so <laughs> here here i am as you know this white guy just going along believing right because that's what we do we're supposed to believe yeah. in the people and in our education believing that this was the only perspective you know in history oh. and until we get in there and really start to provide all perspectives I think we'll continue to have some challenges you know in that realm and and the last part of, of that is is you know I my advice too is is try to reflect and sit and think about your own bias and people don't like to do that and here's the other thing you know when you say that you have bias it doesn't make you a bad person it, it give it means you have predispositions right mm -hmm. you have experiences that have created your thoughts so an example that i give is um i'll be try to be real quick um at ed camp i do dr eddie fergus's belief statements activity and one of them is children from low socioeconomic backgrounds tend not to have good role models and when I do the activity, there are a lot of people that agree with that that statement. And then we try to have conversation and it starts to get a little, you know, how could you believe that? I mean, what do you mean? Like, well, look, you know, I think that's true. And and I said, well, let me be vulnerable in front of everybody. And, and Paul's been in the session. When I was a kid growing up in a white household, right, with white parents and white grandparents, I watched the news on TV because that was the only time I was able to control the TV back then. <laughs> um what did I see on the news? What did it lead with? It led with crime, drugs, violence. Where? 
inner city yeah. predominantly who black and brown people yeah. hey dad they must not have good role models mm. it took me 30 years of my life to check that bias mm. and it's a it was it it was almost an unconscious bias but it was there and if i continue to have that kind of thought process in working with children you know to me it just it doesn't work so Corey, could we could we unpack that a little bit yeah because that 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 right there is where it starts you're absolutely right we 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 can do all the things that supports in the schools but it starts at home like a lot of things happen <laughs> discipline uh the bias that you're brought up with and it's what we're brought up with so we don't know any different right um you think about what you just said, you, just the news and how they, they, the propaganda, how they portray it, right? Um, there was a movie, and please, please forgive me if I'm going to say it wrong, but I want to say uh, Birth of a Nation, way back in the day, was a movie that was one of the first movies. And there were actors, white men, who would walk around, who would be in the movies in blackface. And they were supposed to be black men. And just the way that they were they they were carried throughout the movie, there were a lot of rapes going on, a lot of like I said, robbings, and so that created uh, a stigma that black black men are that's who they are, right? And that was one of the first movies. And then, like you said, now the news continues to do that, right? So when we think about education, you're absolutely right. People how they are brought up, they bring that to the schoolhouse. They they bring their own ideas of how they're but it's not wrong. But again, how, the the main thing in education, the root word is to do what? Is to educate. So yes, not only are we educating children, but we have to also educate ourselves in what we're doing. Right? And the, the most the biggest thing is this we have to check our biases, Corey and Paul, because our, our because Whatever you do, your actions, your words, what you speak about will come will come out of that, right? So if you're talking about Abe Lincoln in the classroom, or you're talking about um, the Civil War, just you know, race, and a lot of times we're going to talk about Black History during February, but it should be talked about all the time, <laughs> all year round, right? Which is a whole other podcast. But the thing is, is that if you're coming from a place where you don't know, or you're bringing only what you were taught. Right, that then continues. That's the system of oppression, right? And again, I the reason why I put on my on my Twitter that I'm committed to being a disruptor of a status quo is because I truly believe we're we're in an educational system not made for students of color to be successful, right? And and so in order for students of students of color to be successful, there has to be some intentional things that are put in place, supports that are put in place to help kids. Right. But some of the I know maybe we'll get to switch toward the latter part of the podcast. But again, going back to the word access, some of the things that we have seen historically is like special education. A lot of times at elementary level, you'll see schools come together and say, oh, you know, Jamal needs um, we need we need to get him on a child study, see if we can get an IEP. He's really struggling in certain areas. Right. And so no parent is going to say no to more supports because the way the school is going to spin it is, oh, but I just want to give him support. He'll have someone in the classroom with him. We'll have two teachers in the classroom instead of one. It'll be a great experience. And, and they set it. They tee it up. Right. No parent's going to say, no, nah, I don't want that for my baby unless you just know. Right. But the, let's be clear, the part of access and the part of systemic oppression of that, though, gentlemen, is that it's very highly unlikely that that same student, Jamal, will be tested for gifted. When we talk about systems of oppression, students are tracked from a very young age on how they're going to be successful. 
When you tested for gifted, they typically happen second or third grade, right? A kid's tested for gifted, they do well. All of a sudden, they're uprooted, or a couple days a week, they go. A specialist comes in, or they go to another class during a certain period, and they're starting to already be tracked, right? So then, as we, so then once they're on those high levels of of achievement, then they go into middle school, and because they were gifted in elementary school, what is the gifted track now in middle school? So we're going to continue on you on that track. Right. And the kids will go through that track in middle school, again, have some of the highest levels of of, of education in that building. And then they get to um, high school and then, OK, you know what? We're going to put you in an honors program or we'll put you some AP classes. And, and, and the literature speaks to students who do well in, in secondary, you know, post-secondary education. Typically, our kids who are in honors or AP classes, because that's where they really learned some of those skills needed at the collegiate level. Right. I just I just went through a whole spectrum of how things kids go through the program. Let's go back to Jamal's second grade, because now he's not gifted. He's going to stay in this lower level track. Right. And now I'm in ninth grade and I might want to try for AP. But guess what? As educators, we are gatekeepers, counselors, administrators, teachers are guilty of it. Sometimes you even did a recommendation. So a teacher will look at, well, in ninth grade, you weren't in any of these higher level classes, Jamal. So um, we really don't have space this year. But uh, guess what? Maybe next year that'll be a possibility and you keep just getting booted and all of a sudden you're a senior and you were never given an opportunity, right? That's a system of oppression, right? And we see it, it happens across the nation all the time, right? But how do we make sure that we're intentional and give students of color an opportunity to be successful, right? And to give, give kids an opportunity to be able to be in some of those advanced classes. Let's be honest, you all, some kids are gifted in a certain area, but other areas they struggle, so you might be in a gift of math class, but you really struggle in social studies or an ELA or English, right? But that doesn't mean that I can't give you an opportunity. So as I told my defense team for my dissertation, if we were truly doing education right, Corey and Paul, I should not be a unicorn in being Dr. Moran now as a male of color. Wow. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to the first ever Status Grow podcast, but... Because Dr. Marin has given us so much to think about, we have actually recorded our first two episodes. So be on the lookout for episode 1.1, which will be the second half of our conversation with the great Dr. Basil Marin on the Status Grow podcast. <laughs>